Okay, we're live now. I'm gonna be looking just so you know at the camera. Um, so and I, if I look down, it's because I'm looking at my computer at you. Yeah, so I gotta figure. You look very professional over there. I feel less professional <laughs> in my basement, and I gotta figure out how to get it where. How are you looking at me? I mean, I don't know how you can uh, force yourself to look at the camera. A lot of training and practice because I've made a lot of videos in my day. You have no idea. Um, not all my videos I've made are public anymore because a lot of them, when things become outdated for me, whether it be any kind of media, I just unpublish it and delete it because it's just mm -hmm. not relevant. So I've made hundreds of videos at this point. I've been making videos off and on since 2012. And so mm -hmm. I've just gotten really good at it. Um, at looking at the camera and I also have a lot of pet peeves so it bothers me when I see myself looking back and I'm constantly looking down or away but sometimes I have to to see what's going on um but anyways yeah so that's that but yes yeah, so I'm Vanessa um I write books I do podcasts I do videos I post them on YouTube and LinkedIn um and today I'm interviewing David and he has a whole bunch of credentials like myself, and I can go into it because it's really boring, but I'll let him go into a little bit about the work that he does. We intersected because I have a YouTube channel where I post videos. He has a very popular YouTube channel where he posts videos. Some of our inter um, interests intersect about pop culture and um, clinical mental health type work. And so that's how he hit my radar. So I'm interviewing him today. And tell us about who you are, what kind of work you do. So I'm David Colarossi. I'm a, I'm a psychologist. I, I work as a, so my YouTube channel, people think that I work as a therapist. I actually work as a consultant. I'm like an executive coach, business psychologist. So I started off as a marriage and family therapist. My intention was just to be a, like a traditional individual or family therapist. Uh, and I got that with my master's program. And just because I sort of didn't know what to do next, I went into grad school to go to get a PhD and about two years into that program, uh, I just felt like, man, this is a lot of school or a lot of emotional burden. Uh, financially, it's, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of school for not that much money. And I remember looking at my supervisors that, you know, when you're going through a training program and you know this, when you're going through a training program, uh, you get the most difficult clients initially, right? The clients that can't pay for a full-time licensed psychologist, they mm -hmm. go to the students. And so early on, I was going like, I am dealing with very intense, I had a very intense caseload. And the supervisor that I was working with seemed totally beleaguered. And I was going like, oh my God, I can't believe this will be, you know, seven years after my bachelor's degree for this kind of lifestyle. It was emotionally draining for me. And so I was fortunate enough to uh, get exposed to executive coaching um, and, you know, in the same day I was working at the Colorado state employee assistance program. And in the same day I was working with somebody that had, you know, pervasive mental illness. And then I transitioned from that someone, I was dealing with someone that had uh, OCD over to a, a lawyer that was frustrated with his workload. And it was like such a breath of fresh air, so much easier for me, you know, uh, to work with that lawyer. And I go, Oh my God, this is the space I want to be in. So I, I changed my whole dissertation topic and focus over to the corporate space. So that's what I do now is, you know, I would say my work kind of falls into three global buckets. One is assessments, like pre-hire assessments or developmental assessments, executive mm -hmm. coaching, training. And then the last bucket would be like strategic planning, that kind of stuff. So one thing I want to go back to, you said your clinical yeah. supervisor, I think you said he was, be, how, how was he exactly like, how did he behave that kind of put you off? Like what, what did you observe with that clinical yeah. supervisor? Yeah. yeah. It, and it wasn't just one. I would just say that 
all of the supervisors I was working with, they all felt, you know, I was working in community mental health centers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're managing a caseload of 80 clients and they mm-hmm. were, I just felt like they were beleaguered. They weren't like, yay, coming to work. <laughs> like, let's go deal. Let's go talk to five people today that are struggling with trauma. And that's mm-hmm. emotionally exhausting. And I, I found it emotionally exhausting. I, I, there are people that are social workers and counselors that I look at now and I am so impressed with who they are and, and what they like how much of themselves they're able to bring to work. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think I have the sort of emotional availability mm-hmm. to be a, I, I think I'm a good therapist. I'm not a great therapist because I am not, I don't think. You're honest. That, um, yeah. I'm not that emotionally available. I think I'm much mm-hmm. better doing sort of intellectual work, behavioral work mm-hmm. versus the sort of the true emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, as you know, I have a clinical mental health background and, and still do and stuff. And I mean, I went to private practice and opened up my own company in the middle of 2018. And it was a very different experience from working for other people. Um, and so I, I definitely get what you're saying. And I think it depends on what location you're in of the country as mm-hmm. well. I mean, mm-hmm. even in private practice, I think it varies widely depending mm-hmm. upon, you know, what the opportunities are going to be in that based mm-hmm. upon, you know, the locality and just all the factors that go into it. What's what industries are in the area or not. And, you know, governmental factors play into it and all the things. But no, I know what you're talking about. Um, I made a, I kind of, so I've been reading an entire chapter in a book I wrote called Burnout called about, there's called Mental Health Sweatshops. It's uh-huh. basically like what you're describing. They're like mental health sweatshops. They're like factories yeah. where clinicians work. And it's just like, it just, it's ridiculous. You know, it's just, it's almost like just churning people out type thing, you know, and then there's high turnover in those kinds of places too. So anyways, um, but so the executive coaching, you got into that. So do you, do you own your own company now or do you work for somebody else in the executive coaching space? I, I work for a, a management consulting firm. So I, when I graduated my doctorate, I went off and I, I said to my, to my wife, I'm, I'm going to try and do this consulting thing. Um, but I knew it was a lot harder to get traction in the consulting world than in the traditional therapy world. So I created two simultaneous practices. Um, really? and I started off doing individual therapy, which was, uh, I, I was right. It was much easier for me. I just did an all cash practice. Uh, for about a year before I transitioned over to doing consulting work with my own practice, mm-hmm. eventually joined a boutique consulting firm here in Denver, um, stayed there for about four years, um, read, led leadership development for them, and then um, was the executive director for the Institute for Social and Emotional Intelligence, mm-hmm. and then left, went back to my own practice, and then eventually joined a larger consulting firm now. And I can't, give you the, I can't give you the name of the consulting firm now because they want separation from the whole YouTube that's fine. Yeah. I don't even know that. Um, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, have you been in the same state the whole time from like the time you went to school to the time you switched over and started onward from there? So I, I got my master's degree at USC in Los Angeles. Oh, so you're and, actually on the campus in California. Uh-huh. And, okay. then, and then now, and then I went to for my um, PhD program, went to the University of Denver, and I've been in Denver since. I know a couple of clinicians out in Colorado. Um, one just relocated to Florida, but they still maintain a dual licenses and practices in two states now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Seems like a lot of people are happy in Colorado. Seems like a good place for a lot of people. I so, think I, I grew up in Colorado, moved to, to California for school, uh, undergrad and uh, master's degree, and I thought, you know, this is gonna be for me. You know, 
it's so cool out there. And then I, got, I was, I was cool enough for LA for like two weeks, and then I just couldn't hang <laughs> with the lifestyle. I'm much better in uh, Denver. Cool beans. Okay, so how did you end up on YouTube, and why? Like, you started creating videos. Some of them are very popular. Um, you've kept on. Last I checked, you were still active. So what's going on with that? How did you end up landing there? Just a sort of personal challenge. I, I we were on quarantine. Um, COVID-19 did it to you. Yeah. So my, so my, I sort of feel like you should should always be doing things to get better, to improve. And so when COVID-19 hit and my workload as a consultant, as you can imagine, companies didn't want me flying around. You know, I usually travel probably 40% of the time to different companies around the country. All that Mm -hmm. work got cut. And so my workload dropped by probably 40%, I would say. And Mm -hmm. so I sort of had an option of either just sit at home or try and learn some new skill. And so the challenge for myself was, can I learn how to edit videos just mm-hmm. out of, just out of curiosity? So that's what I started doing. And then I was just lucky enough that the very first video that I was like, well, I should edit one. I just did one. My wife loves Rachel Hollis. <laughs> yeah, I saw part of one of your videos where she's talking about that. And I didn't realize she was a fan until that video. Oh my God. She's like, she's a huge fan. And I, I'm not that active in that space, but I yeah. did read her books. I thought they were pretty good. I've recommended them to clients that I've had that I felt like those books would add value. Um, yeah. Anyway, Rachel Hollis got divorced. It felt insincere to a lot of people. So I go, ah, I'll do a video on this. And that first video, I think it has like 37,000 views or 35, some, mm-hmm. a lot of views. And it was just me like talking like, you know, I, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. So I just did that first video. And then, um, my natural personality is to get really into things for like a month. Like I will become obsessed with chess or obsessed with whatever archery for a month. And then, and then that's it. And so yeah. the whole reason why I'm continuing to be active on YouTube is I want to challenge myself to actually do it for a year and not allow my attention to shift because I feel like I start a lot of things, but I don't, Sort of close the loop and so the, my, the goal in my mind is do it for a year see if i can gain any traction well i mean you already have obviously and obviously i've taken no i've noticed you on there for a while now i spend a lot of time on youtube and linkedin i mean those are my only social media platforms now i used to be on a lot more but i just shrunk it way down because i was just done with the rest of it um and so i mean it's likely that if you stay on it for a year and things keep going well for you you're going to have a lot more opportunities come from that and so it'd be i'd be surprised if you get off of it after a year but i could be wrong there are people that are wildly successful that just ditch it because things happen in their life or whatnot um so thumbnails what inspires your thumbnails because some of them are interesting what's up with yours i I, yeah i just looked at the you know if you look at the so I spend, I, because of this, I spent more time on YouTube and then, so I'll watch like, uh, Logan Paul or Mr. Beast or like mm-hmm. those type of people that are uber successful. Mm-hmm. And a big part of their success is the click through rate. Mm-hmm. And I know that if you create a customized YouTube clip that or not YouTube clip, but a customized thumbnail, you get a better shot at having a higher click through rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to make mine as provocative as possible so that I get a shot at somebody clicking on it. Okay. So that, that's okay. Kind of, I don't have like a sophisticated, I just try and go to use bright colors. I know contrast is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, and I read that if you have your face on yeah. the YouTube, on the, on the thumbnail, 
that the clip through rate will go up. And so I try to find some way to squeeze my like mug in there somehow, because I feel like if people see me, then they'll click on it. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. okay. I, did, I, did, <laughs> I did not know that. All right. So where do you see yourself going in the future? I mean, where do you see your work going? Where do you see the whole, the whole thing going? You know, what do you uh, with YouTube in particular or consulting in general, all of it. I, I don't honestly, I hope that, I really like putting the videos together. I feel like my channel right now is totally disjointed. Like mm -hmm. I am, I do a shrink wrap thing, which is supposed to be a podcast with my wife, which we've always wanted to do. So it's a good opportunity to, to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know what would happen with that. I would love it if that became like, if we actually got substantial viewership from it, but I think getting traction in that space is very, very, very difficult. Um, but I do shrink wrap episodes. I do reactions to things. So, you know, Kanye West runs for president or I watch a Chris Watts, whatever. I was just going to bring up Chris Watts. Cause I saw yeah. part, I think I saw most of it. I saw most of it recently. Yeah. I saw that. That's yeah. yeah super dark. Yeah. Dark. I stayed away from that altogether. It's yeah. too dark. Yeah. For me. Yeah. So my, but the goal is to just, I just try to make it fun. So I've got vlogs on there. I've got reaction videos. I've got book reviews. And I don't know what will, I don't know what direction that will go. I don't have any plan for YouTube. Like I don't, this is, I don't think this is going to be my career, but mm -hmm. I think it's a good way for me to brand myself. I think it's good for business development. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that as a consultant, if I continue to do what the, the, the typical consultant does, which is, you know, do cold calls or emails or tries to go to, you know, human resource networking events, I think there's less ground I'll gain than if mm -hmm. I have a brand on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like the big challenge for me has been like, if you look at my videos, uh, I don't think I come across, it's like, how much, how much, uh, energy do you, should I put into someone who makes very little money on YouTube? How much energy should I put into making it look right? Like I got a Peloton behind me and it, you know, the lighting's <laughs> not good. And how yeah. much energy should I put into creating a professional touch and look and how I dress versus how should I just be myself? I haven't quite figured all of that out, mm -hmm. um, but the idea long-term would be to have a brand on YouTube that I'm proud of that can lead to more work as a consultant. Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately all these things are highly unique. You know, um, everyone's doing something different. Some people have no plans at all. I mean, for me, for example, it's about, Hey, I love YouTube. I've loved YouTube for years and years. There's things about YouTube that I don't like um, yeah. by the social media side of it and how that's handled by the company. However, um, I like the ability. I like one of the things I like about technology in the new world that we live in and the evolution I'm seeing is the ability for it to level the playing field for people that previously didn't have access to have their voice heard or to obtain information. I think those are the two mm -hmm. main things. Yeah. And so I really like it for that. I really like it for, you know, being able to share my ideas and, um, you know, there's just something about, I just really like with all that. And I don't know, that's, that's kind of, I think my thing is um, it closes the gap. You no longer need permission from a news anchor or for a publishing house or yeah. a gatekeeper of some kind to be good enough or to fit into the trending box of the day. You know, mm -hmm. you can just go out there and do what you want to do. And that's very freeing. And it's provided a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. I mean, there's celebrities right now that wouldn't be where they're at. Never, They wouldn't even exist. No one would know them if it weren't for the fact that there's now like open access basically to people, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so I, that's what I, I like best about it.
So I think it's cr creates a lot of opportunity for unique people to get their ideas out. You know, yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. And I, I think, I mean, it's, I wish I were faster on Like I think it's pretty cool that you've been on there since in some capacity since 2012. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't like steady because I wasn't like trying to be some social media superstar. I'm still not. I was. I was like you. I mean, I've, I have like two graduate degrees. I have a lot of credentials and stuff. So I've spent most of my time in academic training in some way, shape, or form, a clinical training mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I haven't spent all my time on social media. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I've really dabbled with it, but I haven't been uber consistent. And I've only been on there really when. I've been kind of building towards something because I have ideas to share. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah. that's that's my thing. Yeah. 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 Well, it's been good having you on. And so where do you want people to find you if they want to learn more about who you are, what you do, and uh, keep up with your happenings? Oh, just YouTube. Uh, David Cole, OC, PhD, my YouTube channel. Do you have um, your official – did you customize your official handle yet? So where it's like YouTube.com backslash whatever. Do you have it customized? I think I did. I should know the answer to that. I believe that I did do that. I can't remember. Can you check? I'm going to look it up right sure. now. Let's see. Um, and will I be able to share this? Do I link to it from my – how do I get people that are I can my, share the. I can share the link directly with you as soon as okay. we get off here. I'm actually going to copy and paste your name right now so I don't have to respell the whole thing um, into YouTube so I could see whether or not you've got your handle. So it will come right up. See if you have it. Yeah, you did. You customized it. So yours is youtube.com backslash user backslash cool. It's your last name. Cool. How do you see your last name? Cool Rosie. With the number four. And that's your YouTube handle. And it may okay. be, we may not even need the user. It just may have popped up that way with, with mine um, search of you. But let me look at this. Make sure I got the room. Yep. This is yours. So, cause you only have okay. one YouTube channel, right? Right. I okay, have, good. I have, uh, I started a second like uh, affiliated channel that's just shrink wrap clips of the podcast mm -hmm. that my wife and I do. So it's just like five minutes, you know, like that podcast is a half an hour. And so mm -hmm. when we talk about things in particular. There's a separate channel for that, but that gets like seven views per video. It's not really a. Okay. So um, I've got your, your link up right now. So everyone can uh -huh. see it at the end of this video. And then I'll also put in the description down below so people can see your YouTube link directly, but that's it. And that's the full spelling of his name and all the good things. And it looks like you actually have a couple of different handles going on here too. Whatever the case I found you. So okay. people can find you that way too. All right. Okay. So having you on, I'm going to go ahead and end the broadcast now, everybody. So bye. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. The content that is posted is for informational, educational, and or entertainment purposes only. It does not establish a clinical relationship with anyone. Please consult with a licensed behavioral health clinician in your area for assistance with your unique situation. Thank you. Love this podcast? Please leave an awesome online review. This will help make the podcast that you love more discoverable so that other people can love it too. Thank you.